Hey guys, today on the show we have Scott Mercer from Bellevue High School. Uh, currently he is the defensive coordinator for the football team. Uh, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, football, obviously, and his coaching stints along the way. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Kennedy, and today on the podcast, I have my good pal, Scott Mercer. Coach Mercer, how's it going, man? It's going, man. Uh, enjoying this warm weather for sure. Right. Today in, in Shelby, it was, uh, I think, 90 degrees outside, so it was just nice enough to go outside and uh, feel that horrible, you know, heat and come back into the air conditioning, you know? Yeah, I was, I was uh, actually over at the school for locker cleanout today, supervisor. And uh, my car registered it at 95 at one point on the way home. So I was surprised that we – a little toasty today. Yeah, that's one that you definitely got the windows up and the, the AC the AC cranked. And that way it's cool if the windows are up, you can listen to any song you want, you know. That's true. And then nobody can judge me on guilty <laughs> pleasures. I mean, everybody's got a guilty pleasure that's in right. terms of music. So, I mean. That is true. So, so Coach Mercer, how old are you and what do you do? I am um, – what am I now? 34 years old. Uh, I had to think about that, but 34 years old, uh, teach at Bellevue high school. I teach, um, social studies, uh, primarily government economics, honors, world history, and psychology typically. Okay. What, what would you say is your least favorite, uh, topic and, and what's your favorite to teach? Um, I would say that my, my favorite topic. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, my favorite topic is probably, um, your least favorite topic, which is imperialism, because of how it relates to so many issues globally today in honors world history um, and government, I really do like to talk about um, the amendments and kind of how they relate sure. uh, to today, specifically things that kids run into day to day to day. I would think the least favorite thing that I like to talk about uh, anymore would be uh if you, when you get into political parties, because of that division that exists there, uh, it's just so heated. It's, it's, it's not always enjoyable. Um, it, you have to put some parameters on those discussions sometimes. Yeah. I noticed that. Cause I was on Facebook the other day. I noticed that. that is a... <laughs> Facebook, the best place to get all your news, right? <laughs> it's an ongoing current event. I love it. Um, so obviously you coach, uh, coach football there at Bellevue. Uh, give us a little bit of background on how you uh, basically fell in love with the game of football. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my dad had coached, he taught social studies uh, at Maslin Jackson, and he had coached, and for a long time, he played at Mount Union, he played in high school at what isn't used to be Glenwood, which is now combined into Glen Oak with Oakwood, um, and my older brother had played at Glen Oak, and it was just one of those things where growing up, I mean, I remember <laughs> being a kid in bowl games, we would go to my dad's old college roommate's house when he lived in Canton and watch them we'd rotate years whose house we're at and watch them like all day and you know as a new year's day thing you have like three tvs on back in the day oh yeah it was just one of those things you just kind of got excited about it as a kid and uh that i don't know i think this this being around it kind of got me into it and, I, and, and really teaching and coaching i saw my dad never complained uh one time about work so but he stopped coaching when when you know just i mean just after i was born i mean i think his last year was 90 i was born in 86 so I don't really remember him coaching, but um, 
you know, I, I just know that he never, ever complained about work. And it was something that he took a lot of pride in and enjoyed. And I've always enjoyed social studies and I enjoy, you know, athletics. And I think it was a natural fit. <clears throat> so you mentioned your dad, uh, who are some other major influences on you as far as, uh, as far as sports go, because I think everybody has, you know, there's, there's at least a couple guys when you're young and you go to like high school football games um, and you look up to these, these studs who you think are like, uh, bigger than, you know, like actual professional athletes. Uh, but who are some, some old school guys that you looked up to when you were a kid there in high school? Oh man. Um, uh, well, I mean, obviously when I was, when I was an elementary age kid at Glen Oak, um, Derek Fox, we, Dustin Fox's older brother was, was really good player that, you know, um, everybody kind of, kind of looked up to, I think in our elementary school would be definitely one that you would look at, um, I think, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't always necessarily like an individual player, I guess, either though. I think I just fell in love with the game and, and, and not even just football, but other sports. Um, you know, just, I mean, you gotta remember, like I used to go to the pro football hall of fame. It was like a, I don't know, three times a year. So I mean, you're looking at, you're always around it, you know, and it was, I think just even being in that a lot kind of got you excited about it. And, and I always enjoyed going to the games with my dad as a kid, which is funny because he taught at Jackson. And we'd always go to the Glen Oak games because that's where we went to school. That's where we lived. So for a long time, we go to the Glen Oak football games, but we'd always go to Jackson basketball games. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Did you guys wear like camo gear? That way nobody saw you? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I know. I just remember not wearing Glen Oak stuff at the Jackson games until I was in high school. That's awesome. Um, what, uh, what would you say was your best and worst day? Um, as an athlete or a coach can you describe because I I know one personally that if you don't mention it I will bring up that happened at Shelby um, on the practice field but what would you say your best and worst day as a as an athlete or coach were? oh man um, I'll tell you one of the worst days <laughs> one of the worst days is uh, I was a freshman in college at Mount Union and this is this is gonna be as a player so it's a spring semester and you're trying to make, I'm trying to make that transition to what the expectation of college athletics is. And I was a thrower and I had uh, slept, took a nap in between classes and then slept through uh, an alarm. And it was having me like pouring down rain that day too and cold. It was like early outdoor season. So you're talking like early March. So the next day I go to practice. <laughs> so I sleep through practice. So the next day I go to practice and my buddy, we're having a team meeting and, you know, girls and the boys teams are together and our track coach, John Homan. I mean, there's stories about this guy for days. If you talk to people who did track at Mount Union um, and he's a great coach, but he's got this really thick Boston accent and he's, he's going on about something. And then the girls coach starts talking and my buddy is just saying things to me, make me laugh. Right. And I mean, I mean, I laugh all the time and I'm up there and I'm trying to hold it in. And all of a sudden our head coach stops the meeting and, and, and I can't even use some of the things that he said, but he said, he goes, Hey, Melissa, why don't you wipe that GD smirk off your GD face and then proceeds to right. Tell me how I've embarrassed my family. My dad should, should, he should call my dad up. My dad should come up and just remove me from school. I mean, let's embarrass my family, the program for like a five minute rant, man. Cause I missed this practice and this guy's making me laugh during the meeting. I'll tell you what though. I never, I never missed another practice. Never missed it. Never laughed during a meeting. Even if he said a joke, never kept a straight face forever, but that was embarrassing. And that was my own fault. Um, so how many people and, saw that? Oh, the whole team. In front of the entire team, boys and girls. I'm a freshman in college, dude. It was, it was, it was, 
you want to talk about being completely dressed down in public. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more embarrassing than that. Cause you're, I mean, you're a freshman, you're still new, sure. you know, trying to establish things, but yeah, my teammates never let me forget it. Uh, they, they still bring it up when I see them from time to time or like, you know, I'll get a phone call or a random text message. And that's the quote, that's the comment that goes in there. <laughs> that's awesome. That's um, awesome. Uh, one of the best moments, oh man, um, you know what, this is going to be funny, and, and actually, there might, a picture might actually be down here, um, my, my son had it the other day, but it looks like he just busted it, um, hang on, so <laughs> I was uh, working in the road department as in college, and my buddy I played football with in high school got asked to coach a little league team, and it was fifth and sixth graders. And it would have been my junior year of college. So he's like, hey, Merce, you want to do this with me? I'm like, eh, sure, why not? So he was going to do the defense and I was going to do the offense because we were two platoon in high school and I played offensive line and he played corner. So um, when we take this thing over, he tells me afterwards, he's like, hey, Scott, he goes, they, this, this team hasn't won a game in three years. They didn't even get a first down last year. And the coach that coached them the year before we were going to take over had literally printed off or like had redrawn the plays off of Madden onto paper and handed them to the kids. Right. So any kid they had that was coming back left as well. So you had all new kids, mostly fifth graders. So we, we take this thing over and, um, and, and it was like the first, the whole thing was just a basically like baby step it. But by the last game, we finally win. It was the first time that team won in like three years. And actually some, they did this picture. I don't know if you could see it on here. Yeah, I, I can see it. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. Like that was the touchdown that sealed the win, um, and that was that was actually. And there's a lot of pride in that because a lot of those kids had never had any success, and you know, sure, the, the, some of those kids had come back on that team, and it was like, I don't know, one of those things where even the people in the league were like, "Hey, we're really happy with what you guys did with the kids," and it was just rewarding, I think, for them and for me because you put in a lot of effort. And coaching fifth and sixth grade is really not easy. I'm gonna tell you right now, you want to make yourself a better coach. Start down there. Start down there when you're working on base fundamentals you know, low attention spans, those things, that'll start to really get you going. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty cool because that's something that, you know, those kids will probably remember, um, you know, when they look back and talk about the glory days and stuff, they'll they'll talk about good things, but they'll talk about the things that uh, they kind of overcame with adversity there. Um, I'm surprised with the embarrassing um, that you didn't mention the time that uh, Tristan Karras. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, when, I was, when I was writing up these uh, these questions a little bit ago, you know, I was going through best and worst days, and I, you know, a lot of times I'll ask people most embarrassing day because you always remember that. And I'm like, oh my god, Tristan Karras was like pouring down rain. And I remember a coach. I can't remember if it was Coach Dvorak or who it was, but they they always said whenever if you ever get into a drill to demonstrate, make sure it's not you know you're not going to lose your feet. Uh, it makes oh, yeah. You know, you know what you're doing. So go ahead and tell that story. Cause well, you hey, really, you're, you're, you're forgetting a second one that, that with somebody that you're going to be having on soon. That's an even, that's, it might be even better. Okay. <laughs> so, so now that you say that, so yeah, so we're, we're an inside run period and I, and I don't remember what I was playing scout team quarterback, which is should never happen probably anyway. Uh, but I was trying to show what this read was going to look like. We we're playing Norwalk, I think. Then they had Jordan Johnson. And I remember saying, Hey, this is how the read looks. So I like kind of carry it through and I, I'm thinking we're going half speed and it's pouring down rain. I got tennis shoes out on the grass. So I like go to stop in the hole. Tristan isn't going to stop. The next thing I know, dude, I'm like double, double leg. I mean, like full, full on form tackle. Perfect. Just getting planted in the ground. And, uh, that was, uh, that, that was fairly embarrassing, but I think you're missing a better one. I, I don't know if you remember, I don't remember who it was that I was getting into about not blocking at the, on the perimeter. 
And I remember going out there playing as like a scout receiver to go show this kid how to block. I remember going out there to block and it was Trevor Young and I see his eyes light up. He's playing safety. And next thing I know, the whistle's blown. So we all stop and I turn around and Cody Stein is getting shoved in the back because he's carrying the ball. Helmet straight to the bridge of my nose. No, nose is bleeding, right? Monster headache. It just swells up right away. And then I remember we had that on tape. Brett Thompson had it on tape. We watched it like a whole bunch. I mean, we watched it a ton. And I'm just getting lit up by Cody Stein. <laughs> you know what? I love it. You know, when I, when I coach receivers there, we, uh, we didn't only want to, you know, just catch the ball. We wanted to be able to light people up, even if it was a coach, you know. Um, Merce, I like you a lot, man, but those are those are good things that make kids laugh and, and make me laugh as well. That's 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 good stuff. Um, how difficult was it for you uh, playing sports in college? Because I feel like college is hard enough for some people, uh, but balancing that, how difficult was that for you? I'll tell you what, that freshman year was a transition. I always talk to kids that are going to be – going to college to play sports about how important it is to get that self-discipline component down and being a spring sport because it was tracked in the fall. I mean, I'm just lifting and it's not like, you know, you're working out, but it's not like it's going to be in the spring. Right. And I was probably too naive um, and thought, you know, I, I, high school was fairly easy for me. So I just thought to myself, Oh, it'll be, it'll be easy. Next thing I know, man, like I'm actually having to study more and, and do those kind of things. Plus I'm, I got to find time to lift right? You're a freshman. So you get the worst end of the schedule typically in terms of scheduling, but I'm trying to find time to work out. Then you got practice. Then you got to find time to eat. Then if you have a night class, I mean, so it's one of those things where for me, I really had to learn quickly that self-discipline and how to separate my uh, free time, right? Like, like I'm going to go out and do things that I want to do to wait work time because what, what ends up happening, right? Is that, you know, a lot of my friends, had played football and things like that so like they were more available in the spring you know and I got to be more disciplined and say well I can't go out I can't do this like I'm not going to be able to meet you here whatever it is to budget my time so I could do that and, and really I had to maintain a 3.0 to keep an academic scholarship and I almost blew it in that spring semester freshman year because I just I finally got more regimented as the semester went on and I needed to do it earlier so that, that to me is the biggest thing is how you budget your time and, and having the self-discipline to do it. And that was something that I don't, uh, that, you know, I really hadn't done before or enough, you know, to do it. So that was one of the biggest adjustments. And I always tell kids that. So hopefully, I don't know if they'll listen to me or not, but hopefully they do. So they get a heads up on that. Sure. Sure. Uh, so let's talk about coaching stops. Um, <laughs> you, you've, been, you've been a few places. A lot of places. Can, can you, can you tell us how you got your start with coaching? Okay. Um, so I, it's funny. I graduated high school and my now ex, my sister's ex-boyfriend, his dad coached a fifth and sixth grade team in Canton South, uh, did, well, Canton local schools, but it, it's Canton South high school, but they're like youth football league and his little brother was on a team and they needed an extra coach. So they asked me, so I did it. So I drive from Alliance down there in the fall to do it. And that's kind of how I got started. And it was a whole, that was a whole interesting ordeal in itself. I learned a lot of what not to do. Uh, I hate to say it. I'm not going to be frank with you. What not to do from some of these guys that were coaching. Um, then I didn't do anything my sophomore year. Junior year, like I said, I did that fifth and sixth grade team. And the play, and the, my old high school's feeder program uh, was like playing local midget football is what they called it, actually. <laughs> um, and then senior year of college, there's a guy in one of my night classes who's now an assistant principal at Canal Fulton Northwest. And his name is Josh Hirschman. And he was going to coach freshmen out of my old high school. And he's like, hey, you know, you want to coach? And I'm like, yeah, well then he ends up getting a job. I think he went to Lexington with BJ Payne. Mm -hmm. So 
they did, they brought a guy who was a veteran coach who had been retired to coach the freshman. And then me and my buddy who we played together, they brought us in with it. So I remember meeting with the head coach, like, yeah, we want to keep you on, whatever. So in 2007, then I coached freshmen at my old high school. Um, and then I had an opportunity to go coach freshmen and some JV at Medina Highland with a friend of mine from Mount in 2008. And I did that. And then there was, I needed a teaching job. So I was subbing. I was literally, I was subbing in Canton. I, I did a bunch of long-term subbing jobs at Canton, Glen Oak and Maslin Jackson and was driving to Medina Highland to coach and then for weight room and stuff. Um, every, you know, every couple of days. And then during the season, obviously six days a week. And then I got a teaching job at Mapleton during two days when I was still at Highland in 2009 and took it and started coaching there. Um, and then from there to Shelby and from Shelby to Bellevue. Wow. So you have been, you have been uh, all over the place for, for being a young age. Now you went through a, a pretty tough time um, with coaching. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the difficulty of trying to maintain uh, confidence and competitiveness when you have a, a streak that you had? Um, yeah, obviously you weren't the head coach, but you were part of some teams uh, that went over, correct? Yes. So this is, <clears throat> this is really uh, an interesting component here. So I'm trying to pull it up right now. So in 2009, um, when I was at Mapleton, we went one and nine and we won would have been one, two, three, week six against Plymouth 31 to 12. Right. So we lose the next four. So we were, I was on an O and 26 streak at one point as a coach. Right. So 2010 at Mapleton, we go O and 10. Um, and you said 0 and 26. Yeah, because you we lose the last four in 2009. We went 0 and 10 in 2010. I come to Shelby in 2011, and we go 0 and 10. And then we lose the first two in 2000 and what 12. And then we beat Ontario week three. So you're talking about 0 and 26 streak. First of all, uh, at, at at family get-togethers, it was like a running joke. By the way. Uh, that, that, that we were on these losing streaks of the two different places I went to. But, um, yeah, it's not easy. I mean, at Mapleton, you, we were very limited. We played a lot of young kids. And, 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 you know, I was a young coach, and I didn't – I mean, looking back at some of the tape, and I'm like, oh, we did do some things well. We just weren't as – I mean, you're, you're talking about a time where you had really, really good teams in the Firelands Conference. Ashland Crestview and Conway was there. I mean, they were loaded. St. Paul won a state championship in 2009. Um, um, Hillsdale was really good. That was in one of the nine league games. Um, New London was okay. Western Reserve was on a nice run too. So you're talking about tough. Monroeville was still tough. I mean, in there they've kind of bounced back too. But you're looking at that. You're walking in a program that had what one playoff appearance, I think, and and one league championship in their entire history with like a 38% win average, and it was tough. And you're trying to turn things around. We had a whole young staff. I mean everybody was like 25 or less at one point. I mean, it was just interesting and you know, you learn a lot and it was tough, but I think the thing that you focus on, even when I came over to Shelby was just, I just enjoyed working with our kids and watching them improve and doing whatever I could to help those guys improve. And I could go into litany of things that, that caused the losing streak. Um, and you know, and I blame myself for some of that, especially at Mapleton, I was calling the defense. Um, and sometimes I didn't get our guys in position. I was 23, 24 and, you know, it was, it was something I needed to learn from. And now I go back, if I go back and watch that, which I have, I'm like, man, now knowing what I know now, we would have been in a lot better shape, but you know, it is what it is, but you focus on what, what your kids can do, the fundamentals, getting them better because there's always another, there's always going to be another opportunity. You know what I mean? Uh, to, to get that win and you kind of hang on for that. Well, how, how tough is it though? Because sometimes uh, you're just, 
like you said, you're just clearly overmatched. Uh, you're going into a game or, or maybe even halftime if there's a huge deficit. How do you try to rally the kids and, you know, get the most out of them? Because you know it and they know it that you're just, it's just not your night, man. They're just the, the opponent oh, yeah. is better than you. So what do you do? What do you say to those kids? Oh, first of all, it's a lot easier being on the other end, but uh, I can tell you two different scenarios here, right? Um, when we played St. Paul in 2009 at Mapleton, I mean, this when they won the state championship, they were loaded and they were, they had some kids out that were back in this game and they were just, I mean, it was a blowout. And I think it ended up being 63, nothing, but that's because they were throwing phantom holding calls late in the game. But uh, I, mean, <laughs> I, love how you I love how you're not holding a grudge, but go ahead. No, no, no. I'm okay with it. Like they were, they were doing it so they wouldn't keep scoring. Sure, 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 sure. So, so anyway, uh, and this is before running clock, dude. So you're just, I mean, you're out there, you know, just begging for mercy and throwing right. a white flag up at some point. But uh, no, the, uh, I think then I didn't, I wasn't seasoned enough and to have done what we did when we played Shelby in 2015, not 15, 2017, the first time. And it was like 42, nothing a half. And the difference between my, my thinking was, I think when I was younger, I didn't focus on coming in and saying, here, let's just improve on the fundamental things that we do in the second half. And then let's go from there. As, and that, I was trying to find a way to stop the bleeding more, like a wholesale change, which is really stupid when you think about it, right? Now, fast forward to 2017. I mean, at Bellevue and, and Shelby's just drilling us in the first half. I don't know if it was 42, nothing or 42, seven or, but I remember we sat there as a staff and the first thing that, that, that came out, everybody, like everybody was kind of in line with, Hey, let's just coach the fundamentals. Let's just focus on getting better and fixing the things we didn't do well fundamentally in the first half. And you know what? We played better in the second half, albeit on a running clock, but um, that became the focus. And I think that's what you got to do in those situations is the kids know they're getting beat. The kids know you could be overmatched or not overmatched, but you're still getting beat let's focus on the little things that we're not doing right. Cause usually that's going to fix a lot of the issues that you're running into is why you're not competing at a higher level. Sure. Sure. Um, who would you say is the best player that you've ever coached? Now, now I'm talking about uh, position wise, position wise. Okay, I physically coach. coached in my position. Yes. Yep. <sighs> that's a tough question. I mean, we're talking now. Are you talking just natural ability or, or guys that have really showed a tremendous improvement? I mean, these are two different things in my mind. Well, uh, then, then go with that natural ability. And then, uh, and then who has improved so much? Cause that'd be kind of your, I mean, one, one of the easiest players to coach based on ability uh, that I've had was a kid who graduated this year from Bellevue played Mike linebacker for us for the last three years. His name's Jack Howie kid, just a natural uh, leader. He's got natural ability. He was great to coach. Um, I mean, could, could, I could make I could make a wrong call. He's gonna make us look good. You know what I mean? Those, those sure, kind of sure. things. Um, and and he's he's one of the best. And in, in the and coach Bill. I mean, he was very coachable. I mean, he he was a great kid. We talk about a kid who has really who really earned it and really improved. And and it just sticks out in my mind. And I think I've I've thought about it from time to time too. Um, one of the kids that comes to mind as I'm sitting here just thinking about it is Jake Lenhart, who I had at Shelby. Yep. And he's a kid who early in camp, I was kind of like, eh. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he really took coaching and was a very bright kid and was able to be assignment sharp. And he was tough. I mean, you're talking about things that you want in a kid, right? You want him smart, dependable, and you want him tough. And, and those are three things that he brought to the table. And he ended up to me playing above his ability level and, and, and was an actual, I loved having him. And I, and I loved coaching that kid. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would agree with that one. He uh, kind of, kind of a tweener undersized there, but 
uh, he got the, the, you know, the most out of himself, I guess you'd say. Um, what, so what, uh, who's Scott Mercer? Let, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, what, what, you're a big Netflix guy, right? What's your go-to on Netflix? Ooh, I don't know. It's Netflix. Or I'm, I, I told you before, I'm an HBO guy too. Um, Netflix currently, right? What am I watching right now? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Or something that you stumbled upon on Netflix. That's, that's good stuff. Like, like, uh, we're, we're trying to kind of get into Ozark a little bit. Um, okay. Tiger King we watched. I can't get that time back in my life, but it, it no, did make I, me feel I'm, better. I'm an anti-Tiger King guy. I've already told you that uh, <laughs> for various reasons. Um, but okay. So now I, I see people post about it now. They're like all in on this show. And I, and I, it was funny because when we had our daughter a couple of years ago, she's three, going to be four in July. So, you know, I remember like binge watching because it was like a long, pro, like a long labor process. So, like my wife's just kind of hanging out or hanging out, you know, you're not, there's not a whole lot going on. So I'm binge watching um, The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which is really, really good. And uh, there was like a long hiatus there for a little bit. And they brought it back and it's like on season four. And it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, really? Okay. It deals with Viking, Viking uh, incursions into England, okay, uh, before the Norman invasion, obviously. And then um, RB, yeah, before. And then um, – I mean, is your, is your wife watching this or is this like, oh, gosh, no. she's going no. to bed? <laughs> but, but I will tell you that I was a huge house of cards guy for a long time. Then it just got too goofy at the end though. So it was really kind of hard. Like the last two seasons, I was kind of like, eh. but I loved house of cards early on. Um, and always to the history guy in me, I'm a big, I mean, I'm a nerd. So the West wing is on there too. So I always kind of go back to that. So, okay. Okay. Um, what's your favorite sports movie? Ooh, great question. Um, man, I mean, I don't want to sound hokey and say like, like, I mean, I like Rudy. I know that's kind of like people are like, eh. um, oh, Rudy's classic, man. Rudy's but, great. But I'm going to tell you, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It might be Caddy. It's got to be Caddyshack. <laughs> that's a movie that when it's on, I'm not turning it off. Really? And I'm going to piggyback that with another one. Okay, because I can't pick just one here. Another one, and I base it on, like, if it's on, am I going to turn it off? Like, sure. Rudy, okay, I'm, I might be able to turn it off. But The Sandlot is another one that I absolutely love. One of my favorite movies. The Sandlot, I'm going to go with The Sandlot and Caddyshack as an equal tie. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Sandlot's awesome, man, because I feel like that makes you, you know, whatever, if you like baseball or not, just make you think about playing with your buddies back in the day, uh, getting in and out of trouble, and the summer days seem like forever and yep. yeah, that's good stuff, man. What's your, uh, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Ooh, uh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Does that count? Yeah. 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 You stand in line to, to order it. That's fast food. I've seen the trucks, man. People are like, it's like, well, they put one in Sandusky up here. So yeah, you, you yeah. Go up there and the lines are insane, but yeah, I do. I do enjoy some Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to see the, uh, it's good, man, but people standing in line forever. I know that they were trying to go back and forth um, in, like, Mansfield to, to put one in. So they had trucks, like, last summer. I'm like, guys, you haven't figured it out yet? Yes, we will consume it. Like, move it in here. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's good, man. Good stuff. Uh, Merce, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Hopefully, hopefully things are starting up uh, up there at Bellevue soon with, with football and workouts and all that stuff, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, absolutely. It's June 1st, man. Uh, get the get the okay to kind of start in small groups and kind of go from there and just take it, just take it day to day. That's all you can do. So sure, sure. I appreciate right, you man. having me on though, man. Absolutely. Good talking to you. Absolutely. 
Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the Bases Loaded podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bases Podcast.